your feet. Come on, we're going to worship together. Here we go. We're going to celebrate all that God's doing, all that God is doing. Come on, let's sing. I close my eyes and colors fly. There's no hiding from you. Come on, I can't deny your life for mine. And it's Come on, I what? When I was on the edge of deception, caught up in my own hesitation. Sing this out. Until you love to cover me. Come on, so I let. So I let. And I let. Keep it going. Show me that I like it's supposed to be. Shout of praise. Come on, he's faithful and he's worthy. You can do better than that. 
Say thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we're so thankful for your presence. We came to worship you this morning. You are worthy of all of the praise and all of the honor. We surrender all that we are to you today. We worship you for all that you've done, for who you are to us, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's sing this together. Oh, how high would I climb mountains if the mountains were where you hide? Oh, how far I'd scale the valleys if you grace the other side. That's it. Oh, how long have I chased rivers from lonely seas to where they rise against the rush of grace descending from the source of its supply? Cause in the highlands and the heartache, you need the more or search and stop at nothing you're just not that hard to find come on lift your hands let's sing this together i will praise you on the mountain that's it and i will praise you in the mountains in my way you're the summit where my feet are so i will praise you in
up a shout of praise. Thank you, Jesus. We praise your name. You are worthy. You are worthy. Oh, praise the
praise you. We came to lift you up. You are worthy. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. Thank you for the freedom that you have bought for us. God, we praise you and we worship you. Have your way in this place. Have your way in our hearts today, God. Do what you want to do. We're ready for miracles. Lord, we're ready for what you want to do. We're ready for where you want to take us, God. We say yes today. Come on, say yes today. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on, one more time. Give it up. Amen. It is so good to see you today. Thank you so much for being here. Why don't you step out of your seat, welcome somebody to church before you are seated. Good morning, everyone. What an incredible time in the presence of God this morning. Amen. My name is Crystal. I'm the early childhood pastor here at the assembly. And we are so glad that you have joined us today. Uh, the ushers are passing a little black book. If you attend with us regularly, please sign in there. But if this is your first time here at the assembly, we want to say welcome to you. There is a connect card in the seat back in front of you. If you would take a minute and fill that out. Um, and as the ushers pass the offering buckets here shortly, if you would put that in there, we would love to give you more information about the church, how you can get connected, and also bring you a gift as a way of saying thank you for joining us today. Well, if you've been here for a few weeks or more and you have not gone to Growth Track, that is the place to be. So next week we have 301 kicking off at 9 o'clock. Um, growth Track is how you can go farther faster. That's how you can learn more about the heartbeat of this church and what God has called you to do here in serving on our dream team. So make sure you connect in that way. Well, this last week we had the assembly takeover at the Tulsa Zoo. It was so much fun. Um, a lot of families came out. We had over 300 of us there after hours just having a blast. So shout out to uh, Pastor Becky for leading that and to all of you that joined us for that. It was so much fun to connect with you. Um, the Assembly Kids has stuff going on all the time, week in and week out. The ministry is growing, it's expanding, um, and we would love to have you to be part of that. So if you feel the call to serve the next generation, please connect with me or Pastor Becky or any one of the kids team. We would love to get you involved. At this time, as the ushers come forward, we have one more announcement, and that is as we're kicking off this new school year, Assembly Young Adults is kicking off tomorrow night. Yes, shout out. So if you are college age and you're here and you're ready to get the semester started, that is the best place to plug in. You'll find the information there in your bulletin, um, and that kicks off tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Awesome. Well, God is good to us. He is faithful. Um, and we just want to continue this time in worship by giving. So let's pray over that together today. Father, we thank you so much uh, for who you are. Thank you for your presence in this place. God, in your presence, there's fullness of joy. And out of that heart of joy, God, we just give you back to you what is truly yours. God, to uh, just continue to anoint and bless. Um, I thank you, Father, that you will use this offering uh, for your glory and for your kingdom. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.
to everybody on this stage and the ones that were just up here. Praise God for a team that leads us to just express our heart to God. Incredible. So good to be back, but last week you heard as powerful a message from as great a messenger that you will ever hear. Pastor Barry, thank you for your ministry. I love you. So awesome. Uh, getting to Malawi, I had my route was through Dubai, and I had to stay overnight there, and it's one of the great cities of the world. And when I was traveling to my hotel, I said to the driver, I said, this is like an unprecedented city. Look at all of these buildings. And he saw, you know, I'm just taking it all in. And he said, you know, if you live here, you get used to it. And as we're worshiping today, my prayer is this. We come here every week, and I pray we never take this for granted. I pray we never get used to it. I pray we keep living in a wonder of God, an awe of God, inspired by who he is, what he's doing, and that we truly have as great a church to be a part of that we could ever hope to be a part of. Let's praise God for each other, what God's doing here today. I'm casting vision this week and next week. They're so important. The reason that I'm casting this vision is so that we can get behind what we must do. I'll lead to what we are going to do, but let me tell you why we are going to do it. As we started this year, we called it best year yet. I didn't know just how much God was going to bless. It has been an unprecedented work of God from January until now. The Lord has put in my heart to liken the first part of this year like a wave. But a deep conviction has settled in on me over the last few weeks. And I hear God saying in my heart, get ready because there's a second wave coming. I want that to get in your heart today. God has been doing amazing things. But I'm telling you, all that has happened is just mounting up for God to accelerate it increase it, expand it. I am ready for a second wave of the work of God. I want us all to be ready. Let me put this uh, in place with 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are, say it with me, in Christ. And so through him, the is spoken by us to the glory of God. The Lord has a promise over your life, and his promise is his yes over your life. Your amen is the yes to let it happen, God. There is a promise over this church that is God's yes over who we are and where he's taking us. But our amen is our obedience to make place for the promise. The promise of God over us is that we can raise up oaks of righteousness. They will renew, rebuild, and restore. The promise is that the anointing is upon us to so influence the next generation that we can assign great hope to the future because we're going to send better people into that future. That's the promise of God. So we're going to make place for the promise to happen. 
The promise is that God will enlarge the tent. That was an Old Testament promise of God transferred to us that God will build his church. We are to lengthen the cords and strengthen the stakes. We have a part to play for the promise of God to be realized. The second wave is coming. The promise of God is over us. We're going to make place. There's a revival, a renewal, a breakthrough, transformation, salvation, miracles, the mercy of God. Come on, church. God is sending a second wave. That's the promise. We're going to make place for that promise to happen. In 1862, President Lincoln signed the Pacific Railways Act. This would resource the project of railways from sea to sea. They started building from both sides. They would meet somewhere in the middle. The picture you see is how they met in the Utah Territory, and this picture is the ceremony where they drove the final stake, and the railways were connected. I want you to see this picture and then uh, sink your heart and mind into the vision that God has for us. I want you to see one train as the past. I want you to see the future bearing down. We are living today, the minutes that we had to start this service, they're now in our past. And we have this, this precious moment called the present as we move to the future. I want you to know that the future is not something we're going after. The future is coming toward us. That'll make sense as we get into it. I want you to see this train as vision, this train as provision. They're going to meet in the middle called the present, and the miracle is going to happen. I'm getting way too excited to be this early in the sermon. This train is expectation, and I want you to see as it meets generosity, because great expectation without great generosity it's a daydream. It's a cloud without rain. That's not what we're about. God is about to do a miracle because we're going to connect the two. Give him a clap right there. I want you to look at this train. I want you to look at your life. I want you to look at your history. I want you to bring it up to where you are. I want you to look at the history of this church. Bring it up to where we are. And we will say, so far, so God meets the best is yet to come. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. Great is thy faithfulness, O God. So far, so God meets. Behold, I am doing a new thing, saith the Lord. I said, thank. Didn't mean to. I'm from Arkansas. I want you to think about this, this train of the faithfulness of God. Goodness and mercy, Psalm 23, 6 says, will follow us every day. And it's been faithful to each of us. This is the train where Philippians says that what God has started, he watches over it to finish it. This train of God's sovereignty bearing down on us called the future. That is the Lord's prayer. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Please know that God enters your life from the future. And that's where Ephesians chapter 2 comes in, where God says we're his workmanship. 
were created in Christ Jesus for good works that were prepared in advance for us to do. So here comes so far, so God, and the sovereignty of God's future for us is bearing down. They meet in this precious place called the present, and when they meet, vision becomes reality. Psalm 139 says, God is behind me. It's like he hymns me in behind me and before me. And there's this awesome place in the presence of God in the present. All three of our kids, they, they experienced this over and over again growing up. Kelly and I would surround them if, and we would give them this hug. It, it, it was like a sandwich, like a Ryan sandwich and a Lindsay sandwich and a Connor sandwich. We loved it. They didn't. That's the picture of Psalm 139, when the past and the future meet in the present. And you know it's the faithfulness of God meeting the sovereignty of God. It is God's promise, God's yes, meeting our amen. That's the hug of the Holy Spirit saying, this is where the power flows. We're in that moment. We're in that precious present where this intersection happens. And miracles will be the results. Pastor Caleb is one of our youth pastors. I want to show you a picture of Pastor Caleb. We're going to throw it way back. That's when he was in our early childhood. His family came to our church when Caleb was only two. That's early childhood. Now here's elementary ministry. And you'll see his dad in that picture because he was such a vital part of the children's ministry. Now let's take it up to student ministry. I love this picture. Notice the look on his face. You know what that look is? The look we've all had when we're riding an old church van. My wife just uh, got completely quenched by the spirit and said it was the cowboy shirt that gave him that face. No, the only, the great thing about that picture is Pastor Caleb and the cowboy shirt. That's all that needs to be said right there. Somebody sitting here going, get back to Jesus. <laughs> They're one in the same. <laughs> that almost got really weird right there. <laughs> so there he is, student ministry. He continues into his college journey, graduates from ORU. I met with him about a year ago and said, please join our team. He said, yes. So think about this over the years, God's faithfulness so far, so God. And then you've got the future bearing down the sovereignty of God, the promise of God. And so let me show you how the so far, so God meets the best is yet to come. Look at this next picture. Because he got engaged Friday night. He set up this really cool experience to propose Friday at the Rose District. That's our second campus because that's where they met. Somebody ought to take a, a, get a clue right there. They're, just park that right there. Look at your neighbor and say, we may get married. No, don't, don't, don't say that. 
Because whoever you look at, the person on the other side is going to say, what about me? And then I'll have to preach about insecurity. So we're going to keep it, keep it real. Keep it right here. Pastor Caleb and Kelsey, would you stand up? These incredible people. Turn around, waving everybody. And, and so I, I placed that in front of us just to give us a picture of over the years, so far, so God, meeting the best is yet to come. Right in our children's ministry today, there are people on our dream team serving our children. And just like years ago, taking care of this future youth pastor, we're taking care of all of these children, oaks of righteousness that God's going to send into the future to make it a better, better, better world. You see that in this couple. Shout something with me. Say, think three. Say it with me. Think three. I want to talk about why we are doing this. The why is our, our amen to God's yes. The why is because we're reaching to the third generation. The Bible talks about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, three generations. Paul said, Timothy, the faith I see in you, I see it first of all in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, three generations. When the prophet Joel prophesied the 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 coming Holy Spirit, and Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. He talked about three generations. John writing his first letter, he wrote it to the men, the young men, and the children. Three generations. I'm not proposing a doctrine. I'm showing you a principle that if we can anchor the gospel to the third generation, we will have the traction to change the world. We shouldn't be starting over in the church with every new generation. We should be so effective at the passing of the faith baton in the exchange zone to the next generation that we actually pick up speed, momentum, influence, impact, witness. Come on, church. We are not going to lose the next generation. They're going to be greater than we ever thought we could be because we're going to pass it off. We're not going to pass them off a church that needs to be fired up where a pastor's got to come in and, and, and pray that God would raise the dead. We're going to pass to them a church that has never been more on fire for God, more dedicated, devoted, and involved. Come on, if you believe it, get with me today. We are going to build this thing and pass it off in, in fire to the next generation. Think three. Here's what Proverbs says. A good person leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So I'm thinking about those around me, my kids, their kids. Three generations. When I tell you what we're going to do, it's not just about right now. If we don't do this right now, we are going to be so restricted in effective ministry because we are out of space. But it's not just immediate needs that will be met. Anytime we step up to a serious initiative like this, it is going to reach to generations. God's promise over this church and God's mission is that we would serve neighbors and nations. We are to think generations and nations. Not just those neighbors that live next door. They are vital. Reach them. But their children and their children's children. 
We are doing what we are doing for the generations. When you think about it like this, you see a picture of this in Pastor Caleb, who's a third-generation Christian. Kelsey, I know her parents and her grandparents, third-generation Christian. So they don't have to come together and say, uh, if we're going to follow Jesus, we're going to need to build a foundation. They get to build from a foundation. They get to expand it, extend it. Isn't that awesome? I, I, I'm so excited for them because that's the privilege they have because their parents gave them the power of example. They understand an environment of worship and prayer. They understand the scripture. From the earliest years, their thoughts have been shaped with a God-centeredness. Hear this from a trembling heart with excitement but with a sense of urgency. We cannot let this next generation be up for grabs. We've got to form with intentionality who Christ is, who God is, what the Bible says, right and wrong. Here's the way, walk ye in it with winsomeness, with effectiveness, with anointing. Let's raise up oaks of righteousness that know Jesus. This is the reason that generosity can flow because it's about people. It is about people that will be ministered to long. After we're gone, it's about generations. Let me give you this thought. It starts with you. It starts with me. It means right now I look at those around me and I look at my children and I think about their children and I'm thinking about their children a whole lot more than I ever have before. Pray that they will think about my grandchildren so I'm thinking three, and it starts with me. What am I doing to influence those around me? My children, that generation, their children, that next generation. So I'm so deeply passionate for children and for students because I'm absolutely convinced they're the hope. And if we get it right, you can be ready for a sweeping move of God across this world. And if we don't have that hope, what else we will do? We'll shut in and hunker down until Jesus comes. And that's never been God's plan. The plan is intensity, take ground, move forward, reach the lost, make disciples, raise people up, make a difference, start churches, start ministry. And all those other things that could be said right there. So start with me. Start with me. Start with me. I'll ask this question at the end of the sermon. Let me put it here. God said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a blessing. I will bless you. I will make you a blessing. What are you becoming? All of us are blessed. The question is, what are we doing with that? Are we becoming a blessing to those around us, our kids, our kids' kids? If you are single... I don't want you to hear this as just within conventional family units. If you look at the ministry of the church throughout the years, there's always been people serving. Uh, let me say it this way. We need spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers. There are some students that serve in our kids' ministry. 
There are young adults that serve in our student ministry. There are adults in each of those. But you see what I'm saying? Uh, how many of you growing up in church, you had people just a few years older than you that were part of the ministry team to you? There's a young lady in our church, and her uncle was in my home church. And he was an athlete, college football player. He was like the person that I looked up to. And he would go to college, and when he would get a weekend off, and he, he would come, to, I would be sitting right next, like his worship, his passion for God, everything about this guy. He was such an influence on my life. You have those people in your life. Then there were couples that impacted my life, teachers, leaders. So this is not limited. This is an all-out, everybody, all-in effort to shape the thoughts of a person about who Jesus is. So praise God that we have that privilege. I've been waiting anxiously, excitedly for three days to talk about this because Friday night I got the most incredible message from Abby Morris. Abby is one of the awesome students of our church. Abby, are you right over here? Abby, stand up. Let everybody see your smiling face. <laughs> Abby came to our student ministry in February. Where's Gracie Sutterfield? Quick, quick, stand up, Gracie. Now, I want you to watch how the church is supposed to work. Gracie, who is part of this student ministry, part of this church, she invited Abby to come to church. Abby came on a Wednesday night, and, man, the Lord just started working in her life. She went to our spring retreat, came home from that retreat, talking about the great things God was doing. We just watched it right up through this last Wednesday night. I got to be a part of recognizing our seniors, and as part of the worship team, Abby was up here leading worship, and my heart was so full. I didn't know that two days later I was going to get the story I'm telling you. Along the way, Abby invited her dad to come to church. She said, Dad, our church has a ministry to veterans called Mighty Oaks. Her dad is a veteran of Desert Storm and Desert Shield. He started attending Mighty Oaks. He started getting real with the challenges in his life. On Easter Sunday, he accepted Christ as his Savior and then he went through the week-long intensive just this last week and what we offer through Mighty Oaks. And Abby sent me the video of her father getting baptized in water as he graduated Mighty Oaks. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Praise God. Come on, church. That's the church. That is the church. Now, Abby Invited her dad, invited her mom. Her dad has gone through growth track. Her mother is in growth track. So, Greg, would you stand? <laughs> Jennifer, would you stand? This is mom and dad. This is a veteran who served our country. Come on. Come on, everybody. Show some love today. Praise God. 
This is what the church is all about, amen? See, God has a promise over the church, and our amen is a yes to that promise. And all of you invest in this church. You invest in the next generation. This student ministry is awesome. And there's the proof. How incredible is that? Now, I've talked about the third generation, but if in your history there are no believers, it gets to start with you. It gets to start out incredible for you to be that beginning. You say, but you don't know my family tree. You don't know all the brokenness, all the dysfunction. Because Jesus died on the middle tree and rose again, there's power for you to have a new nature and a new life and a new future. Listen, you aren't a chip off the old block. You can be a brand new block. And then as you go forward, you can have a lot of new kids on the block. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> and they'll be Dallas Cowboy fans. It can start with you. It can start with you. Number two, live out vision that outlives you. That's why we're doing this. Third generation. It's going to outlive every one of us. That's the why. So what are we going to do? We're going to create a genealogy, this genealogy of our generosity. I don't know who all was in the nursery, in elementary ministry, but God does. And the work that God has done in Caleb, it goes to their account. He's in the genealogy of their generosity. I think about the people that love Jesus enough to love me, to spend time with me, to tell me about Jesus, to lead me and help make me a disciple. I'm in the genealogy. And guess what? What happens here is also part of their genealogy. I recently did the homegoing service of Caleb's grand grandfather, Tim's father. And I said... When Jesus gives out the rewards, that doesn't happen until later on in Revelation. It can't happen until we're all there and all the believers are in heaven because his grandfather, even though his grandfather's in heaven, he's still bearing fruit. And God can't hand out the reward yet because he'd be handing it out too early because his grandfather will continue to stack up eternal reward mm. and that does something deep in my soul I want to do stuff that outlives me I'm living for a vision that will outlive me I'm going to run as fast give as much do as much as I possibly can everybody talks about legacy everybody would like to leave a legacy Legacy is made up of investing yourself in the next generation. Legacy is living in such a way that how you live outlives you. Buildings we build will outlive us. This is why we do it. What are we doing? Finishing the second floor. 
classrooms and auditorium. We desperately need it. And the earliest we could finish it would be June of next year. We have to do this. It means a storage building to hold all the stuff that we're storing now in the second floor. Needed improvements. All this stuff is 11 years old. And we got to make needed improvements here in the auditorium. We got stuff we must do. It's a $2 million project. We will not add to our long-term debt. So we're believing that next Sunday, next between Saturday and Sunday night, we're going to raise $1 million in the offering. It's an unprecedented thing. Uh, we, we've done close to 400000 before. Th this is way beyond anything. So much so that it, it makes me feel weird to even say it. Like I should play it safe, you know? Like I should do a lot of statistical work because I have a good idea of what's in the natural possible. I could just park it there and come out next week and go, we did it. No, I'm out there. I'm way out there. But here's what I believe. With God's help, we can do this. We can do this. And I'm trusting I'm going to come strong. You come strong because it's about the immediate need and the third generation. That is what we're doing. That's why we're doing it. One more example. Will you watch this? When we first heard about Vision 2020, we got really excited just to see how things were playing out in the lives of our kids. You know, obviously it starts with us. Um, we're their biggest influence, but the next biggest thing is where we decide to plant them and the community that we plant them in. And that's why this church is so important for us and our, our children's lives. Our leaders are constantly uh, encouraging the, the kids to memorize scripture, to serve others, to get involved in ministry. And all of these open doors for kids just grabs hold of them and sets them up for their future. And it sets up the church for the future. This is not just about our children's lives, it's about the community and it's about generations to come. When pastor talks about seeding the clouds, that's what this vision is all about and that's why we are all in. That is Jed and Chelsea Cravalho and they have four children in our children's ministry. And so you hear from their heart what their kids are experiencing. They want them here, so they're committed. Jed's mom and dad comes over from their home in Hawaii a couple times a year and they were here in June. They heard me talking about this vision. And two weeks ago, I got a card in the mail from Jed's father. Doesn't even live here. A check for $1,000. He said, you, you said you were believing for 1,000 people to give $1,000. He said, I want to be a part of it because you're reaching my grandkids, third generation. He's thinking three. I've announced from the beginning of vision casting, which started many, many weeks ago, that the third Sunday of August will take this offering. We're a week away. But from the time I announced it, people started giving. This one man, the very next week, came and had a box, and it had 1,000 written on the top of the box. And he goes, one of 1,000, he goes, I hope I'm the first person. It had $1,000 cash. Another man gave a very generous gift way in advance just because God put it in his heart. And of the people that have given so far, 
none of them, one doesn't even live here, the other two don't have any children that'll be in this new building. They just believe in the vision of reaching the next generation. I need you to pray. I need you to be willing to stretch and sacrifice. And let's just trust God. He'll bring it back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I'm telling you, you will never outgive God. Here's what has encouraged me the most. If you feel like you're up against something like impossible, I want to share this with you, and I want to pray for you and with you. Putting out there that we've got to raise this kind of money, a million dollars in an offering, I've had, I'm going to be very honest with you, I've had a lot of, voices saying to me, you are, you're crazy. Some fear, some like, why not just, just raise as much as you can and praise God for it? Because as much as we can is not going to be enough. We've got to get to a million and we're going to do it. Somehow we're going to do it. And God took me back and reminded me that in the beginning of the church, the Roman Empire, they had 50 million people. So think about that. They were anti-God. They worked in opposition to anyone who had a different belief system. They believed that Caesar's name was the only name given among men whereby you could be saved. And you start hearing this rumbling of a handful of people talking about the Messiah, Jesus. And 120 people gathered in an upper room and the power of the Holy Spirit filled them. Now, without knowing the story, if I said to you, they both were gonna move forward and try to change the culture. Would the 50 million win or the 120? Who would bet on the 120? And yet I stand here in front of you today 2019 as one of the 2 billion followers of Jesus Christ because the 120 bolted out of that upper room because they had an empty tomb and the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit and they turned the world right side up for God. We have a living Christ and the same power that they had. There is no reason to not think that God would do immeasurably, exceedingly more than we could ever ask or think. If you're up against something that seems impossible, I want you to know today that God is able, that God can do a miracle in this place today. Would you stand with me? If you believe there is a promise of God over your life, I want you to say amen. That is your yes to God's yes. If there's an issue in your life, your marriage, there's a dilemma that you're going through, let us pray for you and believe for the overwhelming, incredible power of God to help you. I want you to just close your eyes in prayer. Lord, you've gathered us here. You have spoken to us. Your spirit is at work. Because we have been considerate of others, now there will be a very specific personal ministry of your grace to people in this room. People who need to be saved or people who need to find freedom. 
people that are just stuck in a difficult situation. You want to do a personal, specific work in their lives today. So we open our hearts for you to do that. If that is you, if you're standing today with that kind of issue, here in a moment, the team's going to start singing. And as they do, if that's you, I want you to come forward. And I want to stand with you. I want to pray with you. God's going to help you today. If that's you, I want you to come. Come on right now. Holy Spirit, you are Because 
I love those words, that we would be overcome by your presence, Lord. We sometimes get overwhelmed and overcome by the opposition, by the fear. But today, we are overwhelmed and overcome by the love and power of your Holy Spirit. It's your glory, it's your presence, and it's greater than anything else. That's why we can say that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That I'm in a fight, but I'm going to win because you have given me strength and power that is divine. I pray, God, that you would give peace and power. I pray, Lord, you would settle some anxious hearts and then give power to persevere to the breakthrough, power to step up to the challenge, peace and power. We praise you, Jesus. Surely you're in this place. We recognize it and we never take it for granted. We love you. We give you all the praise. Let deep call unto deep. Stir up the gifts that are within us. I feel the Lord saying to every one of us, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. They're cheering us on to do what? To run our race. What are you becoming? How are you running your race? Run your race carefully. Run your race in submission to God. Run your race dreaming big. Giving everything you are. Run your race. There is a prize set before you. It's an eternal crown. It's influence on that which will outlive you. Run your race. If you've gotten out of the race, get back in the race. If you've gotten weary, be renewed. Get fresh strength in your soul right now. If you've slowed down because it got so hard, that the Holy Spirit empower you to pick up the pace. Run your race. Run your race. Let God put nations in your heart. Let God put generations in your heart. Let him bring before you culture that needs Jesus. Now become the answer to your prayer. Go and be the light. Go and make a difference. Let the love of God flow through you without restriction. They'll know you're a Christian by your love. They'll see your good works. It'll point them to Jesus. Don't leave anybody out. 
we have a shepherd who would leave 99 and go after the one. It's unprecedented. Love like that. Love like the father who ran to embrace his prodigal son. Love like that. He covered his son, embraced his son, restored his son. Love people like that. Love your neighbor, regardless of how your neighbor is living. Love them. Love them. Love this world because God loved the world. That's why we're saved. Love will raise the money. Love will build the building. Love will reach the next generation. Love will win. Love will win. Immerse us, Lord, in that kind of grace. Remind us that out of the grace we've received, we can give. You've given it freely so we can just release love to this hurting, broken world and see healing and help come to them. What an opportunity. What a privilege. Lord, we think about the children we're praying and serving right now and what they will become. Pastor Caleb has served as a reminder of what it's like when we have a big vision over the children you've given us. You've created them for good works that you prepared in advance. And we get to help them walk into those works, into that destiny. We're all in. We'll give our heart. We'll give our talent. We'll give our money. We'll give our life to see this happen. It is our amen to your promise. And everybody said, let's give him a clap offering of praise today. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Have the best week. I can't wait to see you next weekend. You're dismissed.